Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time to take a ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of Steelers Afternoon Drive. I'm Zachary Smith. That's Alan Saunders currently on his Steelers Afternoon Drive. Alan, what's going on? Just leaving the facility Wednesday. Big newsy Wednesday. A lot of stuff going on. Um, interesting. Always, uh, you know, long week, so you never know like what's going to happen when. But I felt like there was a lot to learn today. The practice, a lot of stuff going on in general with the team still. Um, so like there's there's just a ton. I, I put a thread on Twitter of all the news, just like mm-hmm. the news from today, and it's like 13 tweets long. I just feel like there's there's a lot going on right now. That's actually what is on my laptop screen right now. On another tab is all the stories that you wrote over there. A lot of quick hitter stuff, but I think first and foremost, let's talk about the injury updates. Uh, Deontay Johnson, though he was at practice today, a timeline was put out potentially about a four-week injury for him. Again, like we've talked about before, it did look like a pretty significant hamstring injury for him. That would put him out until their bye week. So, you know, again, you're talking about a huge loss within the offensive. Steelers fans already do not appreciate Deontay Johnson. His absence will certainly be noticeable. Um, But, yeah, I don't know that we – I guess we learned more about what the time frame was. We knew it was going to be a multi-week absence. But, yeah, if it's about a month or so without Deontay Johnson – Man, we'll see what this offense can do. Yeah, I talked to Mike Tomlin after practice, and he basically said, oh, we're going to wait until the last minute to decide what we do in terms of mm-hmm. a roster move. So, you know, that kind of tells me, like, it's not two weeks. 
and it's not definitely five, right? Because either yeah. of those, there would be no question. He would have just said, no, we're not, or yeah, we probably will eventually. Now they don't, even if they've decided they're going to make that move, they don't, there's no reason to make it now. They don't necessarily need the roster spot for anything. Um, but it's, it, it does seem like, you know, it, he's kind of going to be right on the line is like, will he miss four weeks? Will he not? Do they hold the roster spot for him to give him the chance to come back for that last game, that fourth game before the bye week, which by the way, is the Baltimore Ravens. So uh, that's, yeah. you know, like you don't want to put Deontay Johnson on the injured reserve and be like, ah, oh, he's probably going to be out and only to have him come up to you the week of the Ravens game and say, I'm fine. I'm ready to play. And then you can't. Right. And with the new injured reserve rules, I'm sorry, the new, uh, yeah, the injured reserve and the, and the practice squad rules, you can bring up a practice squad player and play them for three weeks in a row. And so there isn't really, and the Steelers already scratched Gunnar Olszewski. So they have an extra mm-hmm. wide receiver to begin with. They've got three wide receivers on the practice squad. So they can even rotate through like one or two guys if they want to do that. There is no real like gun to their head decision that needs to be made to put Deontay Johnson on the injured reserve. So I kind of got the vibe that they're, they, they're thinking about not. And, mm. and, and so that there is a chance that he could come back that week before the bye. I think that would probably be the earliest we could see him, but it does yeah. seem like there's a chance that he could play in that week four game against Baltimore, which obviously, I mean, who knows what happens in the next three weeks, but looks like it will be a big early season test. Yeah. And as far as Cam Hayward, who all, they also haven't made uh, the move, putting him on IR, although that is going to happen. Is there a reason they haven't done that one yet either? You know, just a lack of a need to have the roster spot open. Um, doesn't seem like they're going to sign someone from outside the organization for that spot. They really like their depth. They had seven on the active roster. They got Braden Fajoko and Jonathan Marshall on the practice squad. And I don't think they feel like they're going to get somebody who this week is going to go make some kind of difference that they just need that, that roster spot for. Uh, I believe he will end up on the injured reserve before this game because you want it to count towards the four games that he has to miss, you know, but like, there's no need to have that move made today as opposed to Sunday, which is when I expect it will be made. Uh, also, not injury-related, but I wanted to ask, somebody asked me about this name, wanted me to bring him up to you. Des Fitzpatrick, who's on the practice squad, I, you know, he was a name that we heard in training camp, didn't make much of a splash in preseason other than some plays on special teams, but could he be part of the active roster or this, you know, I, again, you're not going to have a perfect solution to replace Deontay Johnson, but could he potentially get a helmet on Sunday, or I'm sorry, Monday night? It would not surprise me if Des Fitzpatrick uh, gets caught up in the practice squad. Another guy that really wouldn't surprise me is Simi Fajoko. I think he's looked really good since they brought him in. And he's kind of a bigger, like more obviously outside receiver guy. And the reason yeah. I say that is, is a, attractive is that, you know, you figure, okay, Allen Robinson has been playing in the slot. Calvin Austin probably best used in the slot. Next guy up, Gunnar Olszewski, certainly best used in the slot. And so maybe they, you know, if you're looking at like who's dressing in this game, another guy to play outside. And we don't know if Miles Boykin is going to play or not either. He was in a walking boot Monday, was not in a walking boot today, but I, we haven't seen a practice report yet. Would be surprised 
if he's fully healthy at this point, um, it, you know, that gives you a backup outside wide receiver that I think right now they, they sort of lack. Uh, so I kind of think if they're going to call somebody up, it might be Fahoko. Both Fahokos, maybe. We could see a double Fahoko practice squad elevation for this one. But again, they don't need to be elevated to fit the three-man roster to play, to be active for this game, to play in this game. And so, you know, there isn't really a big stressor to get these guys off the active roster. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, you mentioned Miles Boykin right there in a boot, not in a boot. Um, the other guys that were injured or came out of that game with injuries, you know, when Okor for James Daniels, Pat Fryermuth, the Marvin Leal, Miles Boykin, what have we learned about those guys? Uh, okay, let's start with Leal. Actually, let's start with all the good news. Leal said he's good to go. Uh, triceps injury, he said he's going to play. James Daniels said he's going to play some kind of foot or ankle injury. Um, and Pat Farmer said he's fine uh, with a chest injury. Although I would be surprised if Farmer is listed as a full participant because Rodney Williams was doing some work with the first team. Um, so, you know, probably – looking at some limited guys in terms of practice report, but I would be very surprised if all three of those guys don't play on Monday. Pat, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Chooks and Corfor also did not practice and is in the concussion protocol, so they're not going to really be a lot of updates on him. Mike Tomlin expressed some uh, – he, he kind of gave some encouraging thoughts that he thought the Chooks would be able to play on Tuesday. Um but very interestingly, without Chooks there, Broder Jones at right tackle. Um, yes. And so I think that is interesting. Obviously, when Chooks went down late in that San Francisco game, Dan Moore played on the right side and Broder Jones played on the left. So you can kind of take this one of two ways, right? Either they're pretty sure Chooks is going to play, and it's not like Dan Moore doesn't need to practice. So they want Moore to practice where he's going to play, and they're just – flipping Braddock Jones over there just to make sure. Or, you know, they want to have a couple options here if Chooks can't play. They want to see – they've seen how it looks one way. And Dan will remember, played right tackle a series in that Atlanta game, also had like a day of training camp where he played some right tackle. They haven't seen Jones over there at all. He did play there in college. But uh, I think you can kind of take it either way, right? Either Chooks is fine and they're just doing this so they don't have to – not having Dan practice at right tackle all week and then play left or Chooks is not fine. And they want to see what the options are in terms of how they replace him. I mean, that's totally, I, I know that he's played there in college and stuff, but like from a footwork perspective and hand usage stuff, stuff that they're pretty much totally redoing with Broderick, stripping him down to the studs and having him relearn because there is some technical things for him to clean up to have him going on the right side and do it. I, I was surprised when you told me that, but right before we started recording, because I just assumed, okay, if Chooks can't go, we're going to see Broderick on the left and Dan Moore on the right. Um, you said you can take it either way. Which way would you be taking it? Which way are you looking at it right now? To me, I think that Dan Moore was not that good in that game, and they want him to get his reps at left tackle, and they're banking okay. on Chooks being able to play. And, you know, this also does give them – another option you know it, it's it doesn't hurt to see because look i mean they're only going to make three tackles th th only three tackles are going to dress all year and so like, it doesn't hurt to have them be able to play in different combinations i think the thing that's you know stands out the most to me is that 
you know, Broderick Jones is going to be the starting left tackle eventually. Um, you know, after Dan Moore had a pretty strong training camp, I think the idea a lot of us had was that, oh, maybe this time next year, him and Chooks will be battling at right tackle. And so, I don't know, it was only four snaps, but it didn't go that well um, for Dan over there. So, I don't know, maybe they are not that – I, I don't know. It, it's very interesting to me. I'm not really quite sure what to make of it. Yeah, I guess the bigger question will be, you know, is do we continue to see this happen at all? Um, obviously, and they have the extra day before the game being on Monday night. So, like, what does tomorrow look like during a week where they play on Monday night? Is it a normal day? So we have an all normal days, and then there are just two Fridays, basically. Okay, okay. So Friday is usually the lightest practice of the week. It's more like a walkthrough. They'll do two Fridays. Friday will be a Friday, and Saturday will be a Friday. And the whole rest of the week is more. Gotcha. Okay. Um, Alan, maybe we can file this one under silly season stuff, but uh, Mike Florio, Pro Football Talk, listed the Steelers as one of the teams that could afford to trade a quarterback to the Jets. Obviously, the Jets may be shopping for a veteran quarterback after Aaron Rodgers goes down to be in that room with Zach Wilson and Tim Boyle, who they have on the practice squad. Uh, does this make any sense to you? Would a trade of Mitch Trubisky or Mason Rudolph to the Jets make sense? Yes, Mitch Trubisky for Quinn Williams. I think both teams can solve <laughs> their problems with what they need. Steelers need uh, D tackle. Jets. I guess I would also back. be okay with Garrett Wilson, like if that's, that's the route fine you want too. To go. You know that would also yeah. be okay. Um, look. I don't think the Steelers are going to trade Mr. Trubisky. One of the stories I wrote today was that Kenny Pickett is shooting up the odds board of first quarterback to be benched. The Steelers signed Trubisky to a three-year contract. He has guaranteed money in there. It would be a pain in the butt to trade him from a salary cap standpoint. And I just don't think they – I think they have, they have a lot of faith in Kenny Pickett, but I don't think they have unmitigated faith in Kenny Pickett. Also, Kenny's had two concussions in seven weeks of NFL football. They really want a quality mm-hmm. backup. I don't think Mr. Trubisky is going anywhere. If somebody asks about Mason Rudolph and is willing to offer anything of actual value, I assume the Steelers would be willing to entertain that, but I have no idea if the Jets will or not. Yeah, it's interesting because actually, like we had a conversation, Nick and I did, when there was something thrown out there about the the Patriots potentially being interested in, in Mason Rudolph weeks ago. And it was like, man, any team in the league, of course, like situations change and a team, team could get desperate, but any team in the league could have had Mason Rudolph for a while and he comes back to Pittsburgh to be the number three quarterback so who's going to give up draft capital for this guy after you know watching him sit on the market for that long again now like if Zach Wilson stuff. goes out and gets hurt yeah. this week maybe you know because then you got a team mm-hmm. that's desperate but um yeah I, I don't know it doesn't seem that likely to me and it doesn't seem like it would be on the front burner of moves that Omar would be pushing to make right now I, I do want to ask, though, I don't want to make this too big of a topic, but I wanted to ask about the three quarterback thing just because of like so many teams maybe seeing what happened to San Fran last year and operating differently with the way things went in San Fran last year. Like, do you think that that would maybe scare the Steelers away from and wanting to keep three quarterbacks? Um, I think the Steelers would fill the roster spot with a third quarterback. They just might say, we don't need to have three quarterbacks this good and trade Mason Rudolph in order to 
re-sign Tanner Morgan or sign whoever's available, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that they would go into the year with just two quarterbacks. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. Um, Alan, something that we didn't talk about much or at all, really, these last few days and, and recapping this game against the 49ers was the run game or lack of. There just weren't many opportunities on the ground. Now, obviously, game script wasn't necessarily favorable for them to do much on the ground, but the question is, did the Steelers abandon the run game too early? Did they put Kenny Pickett in a position to fail having him throw the ball 40-plus times in this one? I want to hear your thoughts on this because apparently I read a YouTube comment that says I talk too much. So we've got <laughs> to balance it out here a little bit. What do you think? Did the Steelers abandon the run too soon? See, uh, like when you go down, when you snap your fingers and you're down three possessions, I think it's hard to establish anything on the ground and get to a formula that the Steelers want to play at that point. I mean, it's 17 nothing early in the second quarter. Like, what what are you supposed to do on the ground? You got to pass the ball to try to be able to catch up. I just don't think it was favorable for them to try to be able to establish anything on the ground. And that's kind of where I've been at with it. I've never even, like, second questioned the the lack of rushing attempts that they had in this game because it was so lopsided on the scoreboard. I just felt like it wasn't favorable for them to try to do anything. Yeah, I actually thought that they needed to take some more downfield shots early in the game to yeah. open up the running game. Like, the 49ers were really packing the line of scrimmage early on. There wasn't that, like, here's a 20-yarder to George, here's Frymer's up the seam to try to move those second-level defenders. Um, didn't see a lot of that. And then I think – so as a result – like the early runs weren't working. So yeah. it would be one thing if you were running the ball okay, but you fell behind like 17 points. Like, didn't the Eagles fall behind by a bunch this week or playing the Patriots, I think? Somebody else oh. did too. And then they eventually caught back up, right? Um, if it, I think it would be one thing if the Steelers felt good about their running game, but their early runs just – got stuffed. Like, there, there was no joy in the running game. The only time they had a good run was when Najee Harris kind of made something out of nothing on that two-minute drive and really rescued the whole thing because, I mean, I think at that point, third and one, they're handing off their own 10-yard line. Like, I mean, they're just hoping to get a first down and call some plays there. I didn't feel like they were necessarily aggressively into the two-minute drill until that, that run hit. So, I think it's a combination of the score and game. Maybe that becomes a little bit of a more realistic option than what it, it felt like in that one. Yeah, uh, I'm looking. I was looking at now. I didn't know off the top of your head if you could tell me how many rushing attempts that they had, but they only had ten rushing ten. attempts in this game. So, yeah. six for Najee Harris, three for Jalen Warren, one for Kenny Pickett. Actually. I feel like I could spin this conversation into something else because somebody brought this up to me. Did you feel like Kenny didn't use his legs? And I mean, he only had one rushing attempt, but should he have, did he have the opportunities to use his legs more and whether that's just extending plays outside of the pocket or actually running the ball down the field and creating some first downs with his legs? Were there opportunities there in your mind that he just didn't take advantage of? 
I don't feel like he was feeling the rush well enough to do that. You know, he was, it, it was like, he, uh, you know, like the, he wouldn't react until the guy was very close to him. And then you're kind of running for your life and you're not in a good situation to, to make a move on someone or to, you know, that's a very athletic defensive line and a really, really fast, like for, it's not just Warner too, like Greenlaw, like they've got some killers at linebacker mm-hmm. coming up. And so I think that's a tough team to run as a quarterback against just because you have fast guys coming behind you and fast guys pursuing in front of you. They're not going to give you a lot of space to run as a quarterback. Um, and, you know, the 49ers never – I feel like that you run as a quarterback against the blitz, but the 49ers never needed to blitz. So, you know, like that, yeah. that's what I think you run is that like, like look what happened to the Steelers. They blitz Minka Fitzpatrick and then Brock Purdy gets a – around the end right and, and makes a play the 49ers never blitzed so there weren't really that many opportunities for Pickett to use his legs because he was always contained and I think where that's the kind of thing that happens when you have a lopsided score on game. was the lack of rushing attempt I wouldn't mind seeing a couple design quarterback runs yeah that, that would have been okay for me um but you know I'm not like upset about them not being there either it is what it is was the lack of rushing attempts, though, and, like, the game script being so that they really couldn't do that, was that asked to Mike Tomlin at all? Because I haven't seen anything about that. Like, was that addressed? It wasn't sort of specifically in that way, but he kind of did, you know, say, like, well, there's things we want to do and there's things they want to do, and the game played out to their agenda, not ours. And so you kind of have to throw away the things that you wanted to do. Um, mm. And so, yeah, I think they wanted to run the ball more. I think they – feel good about their running game. They feel better about their running game. But I feel like if it, the big picture for me is I, I thought they were not aggressive enough and, and and certainly not. And like, you know, you said there's 10 carries. Well, there might have been 10 rushes, but there was a wide receiver screen. There was a Jalen Warren screen. There was a pop mm-hmm. pass. Like, these are runs. It doesn't matter that they're yeah. characterized as passes. Like, a wide receiver screen is a run. A running back screen is a run. A pop pass is a run. A shovel pass is a run. Like they're run, they're blocked as runs, and their intent is to be the same as the intent of a running play. You know, you're, you're looking for yards here, not looking for big splash down the field. Yeah, absolutely. And so to that point, though, we saw you know the Steelers run blocking grades per PFF. Can you kind of throw those out for one week, but just because of how little they did it? Or yes, 10 snaps, 15 snaps. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know that you can make a little judgment. Also, really good front. I mean, that's up there in terms of quality across the board. But I didn't think they did badly in run blocking. I just didn't think they did well enough to make it a thing that they felt like they could get chunk yardage in that area. That's the other thing about the 49ers. Like, even if you block them well, you're getting like four or five yards. Like, that's not a team that's going to miss a bunch of assignments, miss a bunch of tackles, and let you go running free through their defense. Um, not typically, anyway. And uh, that is what we saw happen to the Steelers. And I think, man, the Steelers' offensive line is a lot better than it was, but I think it's it's still not what I would call great. You know, like, they're still just sort of – an average unit. And I think we kind of saw that on Sunday. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm curious. And I want to, um, 
bring in a YouTube comment here to kind of go into this conversation um, because Teddy says the Steelers match up so much better against the Browns than they do versus the 49ers. Highsmith will be able to be a factor in this one after being neutralized by Trent Williams. Roberts would have to play downhill because of the way that the Browns play. Holcomb won't be covering Kittle. Desmond King will get a helmet and play the run well. Make it won't be in the slots. Kenny, the O-line corners definitely need to play better, but I think they match up much better against the Browns than the 49ers. Alan, what say you to that? Tommy, good good comment, one. And two, how about this for a response? doesn't matter what I say to that. How about Patrick Peterson, who said that exact same thing after practice today? Patrick mm. Peterson thinks the Steelers match up better against the Browns than they did the 49ers, too. And I'll add a couple things that he said here. The lack of a fullback and the inclusion of a second tight end. The Browns don't use a fullback. They do use uh, their second tight ends, Harrison Bryant. They use him a good bit. Uh, and they play a lot less three receiver stuff. That makes life so much easier on the Steelers because the Steelers can play base defense against 12 personnel. They can't play base defense against a fullback. And, they, and we showed that because – of the way the 49ers can interchange Samuel and McCaffrey. And the Browns don't do that. They're not going to put Donald Peoples-Jones in the backfield. They're not going to split Nick Chubb out wide very often. They will do it occasionally. Um, and so I think that is a, it is a much easier matchup for the Steelers. Um, and then you get rookie right tackle Dewan Jones making his first start against TJ friggin' Watt. Um, yeah, give me that. Yeah, I would agree. It's going to be, that's, I guess that ties back to the Chooks conversation because if he's not able to go and you got Broderick Jones, a rookie tackle on one side, and Dewan Jones, a rookie tackle on the other side going against the pass rushers they'd be going against. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how those two hold up. Um, but yeah, I don't know if Patrick Peterson mentioned this at all either, but he mentioned it on his All Things Covered podcast. He was also talking about just like the routes that the receivers run. Like it's a lot of in-breaking stuff for the 49ers. Cleveland doesn't do nearly as much as that, and they feel much more comfortable, or he does, I should say, about their ability to cover those types of routes that you're going to see the Cleveland Browns receivers run. Yeah, I don't know if he mentioned that today, but you know, I think it's it's just an offense that um, I think the Steelers match up very well against. You know, I think that schematically what the Steelers want to do generally works better against what the Browns want to do than, than what the 49ers want to do. It's not as multiple in terms of personnel, in terms of formations. And let's just be perfectly honest, the players aren't as good. I mean, McCaffrey and Chubb are at least fairly close, but Joku is not Kittle, and, and Cooper is not – Ayuk and, and Samuel and you know it's it's just not as good of a nobody as Trent Williams. It's just not as good of a team. Now their guards are good, Teller and Batonio. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think maybe Cleveland has a better interior line and that could really come to play and you know, with the possibility of no Cam Hayward banged up Larry O, banged up DeMarvin Leal. But it's just a better offense in general. And I think Brock Purdy is more difficult to play against as a defense than Deshaun Watson. Now, Deshaun Watson might make you pay for some stuff in a way that Brock Purdy isn't going to, but down in and down out, I just think he's he presents a much 
bigger challenge because you can't rush him. He gets rid of the ball so fast. You know, that scheme just insulates him so much that they don't really need him to make plays. And so it's hard to stop him from doing it. Yeah. I would agree. Uh, the last thing I wanted to get to here, I want to get, I want to get your response on this from Chris, who on YouTube commented and said, "Alan, it sounds like you gave up on Kenny already." Hmm. I've not given up on Kenny. I just, I'm not surprised by things about the team that I cover very often. And when I don't understand why something happened, I am very hesitant to speak about what might happen next. It had not been in my mind a possibility that, I mean, it was possible. I was not expecting that we would come out this year and that Kenny Pickett would not be as good as he was last year. Like I did, I did not have that. Um, and when it happens, uh, I think we have to. When something unexpected happens, I don't want to run it. I don't want to. I'm not changing my outlook about things. Like it's one game, you know. Mm-hmm. But you can't write it off either, right? So I don't know. I think I, I'm not out on Kenny, but I think we need to acknowledge the possibility um, that that game was bad. And if there's more of those, everyone's going to be out on Kenny. And so, you know, I, I'm not I'm not doubting him per se. I just I without without really knowing why what happened happened, it's hard for me to say it's not going to happen again. Yeah, and I think that makes perfect sense. I came out of the 49ers loss with the actual result of the game being the third thing that I was worried about behind the way that Kenny looked and the injuries that they suffered in that football game. The actual result of that game, behind those two, I didn't care all that much about it. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think that was clearly the the worst part of that, and... I think the scariest part going forward, because if Kenny's not the guy, it's a bad place. Um, you know, you're looking at pushing the rebuild back two, three years, probably. And so um, a lot riding on them getting this right. Like I said, I, it's so hard because I just don't know. I don't know why it happened. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. And uh, Kenny talk today was not necessarily – Elaborative, he you know, seemed to say it was mostly just not maybe not being a hundred percent on the same page with some guys, or you know, I, I just hmm. I don't know, it, it doesn't make sense to me. Well, hopefully, we get some answers in the near future. Uh, Alan, what do you say we do this again tomorrow? I think that sounds good to me, and then maybe right, let's, not Nick, let's and then let's maybe see if Nick wants to do Friday. What does that sound? Or maybe Dan. Hey. I don't know. One of the other guys. Yeah. I don't want right, to well, I, I, I be the only one talking on this channel. You know, apparently, yeah, uh, that's... people are angry how much I speak here. So, well, uh, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say the person's name, but I don't know if I can say the person's name that said that. So, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, Alan, tell the people where they can find you, and uh, we'll be back tomorrow.
You can find me at Steelers practice most of the time on the internet at a Saunders underscore PGH on X at PGA Steelers. Now SteelersNow.com. read the words. That's how I get paid. There we have it. You can find me at Zachary Smith PGH. Subscribe to the channel here. Leave us a like. Hit that notification bell. Comment down below. As you can see, we'll read some of the comments uh, on each episode. So get at us on there. If you're listening somewhere else, leave us a five-star review. Uh, do all that good stuff. Read the words on the site from Alan, Nick, Derek, and the crew doing great stuff as always. Uh, until tomorrow, for Alan, for Smitty, we'll be back. Thanks for jumping in and taking another ride on the Steelers Afternoon Drive. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. We'll see you. <laughs>